Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Alter Echo Podcast, a ministry of St. John's Lutheran Church. You are listening. This is to your Alter scripture Echo, and message for the, the last and message Sunday podcast in August. Of St. John's we are somehow Church, at the last Yale Sunday in August in oh Lakeville, Minnesota. Minnesota. Thank you for listening. And thank you for worshiping with as well. Us. We are in this interesting period of really hot days um, where the outside looks appealing from indoors, but then as soon as we step out the door, it seems like there's something else out there for us. So um, I hope that <laughs> if that's true for you, if uh, you are ready for the heat to pass and to cool down, say 15 degrees or so, um, that you are staying hydrated and well, make sure you take a drink of water um, and just be well in this time as summer is dwindling and the days are growing slightly shorter. And especially for you uh, families, if you are preparing for back to school time, like we are at our house, I hope that uh, you can find moments of peace and being present to one another um, rather than feeling rushed in the preparation of the season. So our scripture for this Sunday, this last Sunday in August, uh, we continue in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew, ch Matthew chapter 16. If you have a Bible with you, you can open that up uh, and read along with me. We'll start at Matthew 16, verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And the disciples said, Some say John the Baptist but others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then Jesus sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Oh, my friends, I'm really intrigued this week in this text by the two questions Jesus asks to the disciples and their subtle but really important difference. The first question Jesus asks his disciples is, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they offer their answers. And the second one is, but who do you say that I am? Those might sound really not all that different, but I want to rephrase each of those questions to help you enter into this in a different way and see what Jesus might be eliciting out of us here. That first question, who do people say that I am? It's a question of reputation. It's based on maybe a crowd's experience or it's based on the word of someone else 
who maybe did have a firsthand encounter with Jesus and who passed along their impression of him or what they remember about he made them feel. But it's not a firsthand experience. We also know that reputation is probably partly based in reality, but is partly based on assumption, impressions. If you think back to your middle school and high school days, I bet you remember that reputations are not always accurate, at least not fully accurate. So who do people say that I am? Is a question for Jesus about reputation. Who do people perceive that Jesus is? Maybe even who do they hope that Jesus is? Now this next question sounds similar, but it's really different. Jesus asks the disciples, then, who do you say that I am? Think for a minute. The disciples are the ones who know Jesus the best. They are the ones who follow along with him, who go on all of his ministry adventures with him, who walk and talk and have conversation with Jesus. They ask him questions. They witness with their own eyes firsthand the miracles and the service and the care that Jesus provides for people. Their experience is much more thorough. It's much more um, comprehensive, I want to say, because they have experience with Jesus that's not just based on a one-time encounter. It's not based on the one day that they happen to be in the same place at the same time as Jesus. The disciples' experience is formed out of multiple encounters with Jesus, seeing him do different things, interact with different people, and care in vastly different ways for the people of God and for the crowds. Their experience, I would say, is much more reputable because they know Jesus deeply and well, even if they tend to be confused from time to time and still are apt to get it wrong. I want to think about first how these might how these two questions of reputation and of personal encounter might be different for you. You, child of God, flawed but beautiful human, who do people say that you are? If you polled your friends and family and maybe even people at church or people who are your colleagues or peers from school, and you compiled all the answers, what would be the trend in what people say about you? And then think about just now your closest people, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your siblings, your best, most intimate friends. Who would these people say that you are? And which answer would you trust more? Probably the smaller group, the closer group, the people who have promised to stick with you thick and thin group, but they're different. Our reputations don't always give the full story in who we are, and we hope that people will have a direct encounter with each and every one of us to really understand over time and built in relationship and trust who are who who are you actually 
in your real life, in your truest and most full self? Do you see how these questions are different now? That what your reputation might imply about you might be vastly different than who your closest friends and family truly know that you are. The same is true with Jesus. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus is so much more than simply what the prophets of the old predicted about him. Prophets have been hinting at glimpses of Jesus coming since way back into different eras of the Old Testament times. And these prophets got their parts right. We do not dismiss them. We uphold these truths and these prophetic revelations about Jesus. And they don't yet paint the whole picture. Jesus is more than simply the prophet's predictions about him. Likewise, Jesus is more than just his reputation. Take Zacchaeus, for example. Zacchaeus was so desperate to see Jesus that he climbed up in a tree and Jesus blew his expectations wide out of the water by insisting that Jesus go to Zacchaeus's house that day so that they could actually spend time together, that they could actually connect and get to know one another, that Zacchaeus could have more from Jesus than simply a reputation. The same is true for us. With Jesus, we cannot only know Jesus by what other people say about him. We certainly take what the Bible says about Jesus. We also take what the great cloud of witnesses, past, present, and yet to come, says about Jesus. But we cannot stop there when it comes to our belief, our connection, our relationship to Jesus the Messiah, as Peter rightly names him today. We take the words and the beliefs of the prophets of old. We take and believe the words and the beliefs of the great cloud of witnesses who have also followed Jesus. And we need more than just Jesus's reputation. We need a direct, firsthand, personal experience with him. And hopefully more than just one. Hopefully we get a lifetime of encounters with Christ, the living God, to show us the true and deep character of who God is as revealed in Jesus Christ. So, put yourself in Peter's shoes for just a minute in this story. If Jesus asked you today, who do you say that I am? Who would you say that Jesus is? What is one word, characteristic, or attribute that rises up most urgently in you when you think about who Jesus has been in your life and in the church and in the world, past, present, yet to come, all of the above? <laughs> who is Jesus in your experience? When we ask these questions, when we ponder these questions, and when we ponder our own responses to these about Jesus' reputation, about who we know him to be, we are claiming these questions of identity as central to our faith. Because we join the great cloud of witnesses and the disciples like Peter, 
who called Jesus the Messiah, which means the Savior. But here today, in the living of this conversation between Jesus and Peter and these questions about identity, what it will mean for Jesus to be fully the Messiah has yet to be made known. Because Jesus, as the Messiah, as the Savior, is the one who will do the things that he tasked Peter with first. Jesus said at the end of the story in verse 19, to Peter, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, is the one who will bind salvation and life and forgiveness and peace for us, for you and me and for all people and for the whole world. This is what Jesus chooses to bind, to secure, to hold on to for us. And here we see Jesus promise that it will be bound in heaven. It will be taken care of in heaven. And Jesus, even before Peter does this, also is loosing on earth what will be loosed in heaven. Let me say that in a different way, hoping it will make more sense. Jesus looses or releases or remove, lets go of all of the consequences of sin and the power of death and the devil. This is what Jesus chooses to free us from on earth and in heaven. Jesus, the Messiah, the living Son of God, our Savior, binds, secures, takes care of salvation and life for us in the world, and releases us from all consequences of sin and the power of death here on earth as it absolutely is in heaven. And then Jesus invites Peter and us to be the kind of church in the world who is so clear about Jesus as Messiah that we too get to be about the work of salvation and the forgiveness of sin. So, people of God and people of St. John's, I want to ask you these questions today because I think there are big implications for us as a community. In a time where there is so much unity in the church and yet there are still so many particularities of ways that we can have a different expression and articulation of who Jesus is in the world, who, how will we answer this question together? Who do we say that Jesus is? And in a time where continually visitors come to be part of this church, where new people, families, individuals choose to make St. John's their church home, I want to ask you, not only who do we say that Jesus is, but how does our life as church portray the character of what we desperately and urgently believe about Jesus to our visitors and to the community around us. Not to put too much pressure <laughs> on us and how we choose to be church, but I do believe because I have seen it at work both for good and bad across a variety of churches that what we believe about Jesus, that who we say Jesus is, and how we enact that as church community together speaks powerfully to the community around us. Let us take some time 
at the close of this season, both here today and as you leave, to consider how we, as church, portray, enact, demonstrate the character of the Jesus we know and love and the Jesus who knows and loves us, how do we portray that to one another, to visitors, to new people in our midst, and to the whole Lakeville community and surrounding us? Every church has their own style, their own flair of how they do this. And we too, as St. John's, get to be intentional about who we say Jesus is and how people experience the life-changing love of the Messiah, the Son of the living God, in Jesus Christ, when they come into this community. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice that we know and love and live in a wonderful and beautiful and dynamic relationship with Jesus, the Messiah, our Savior, the Son of the living God. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again, anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us, out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now in support of this podcast and of the work and ministry of St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat that for you, sjlcl.org. Up toward the top right, you will see a button that says Give. Click on Give and follow the simple instructions to give your offering. And on behalf of the whole congregation, let me say thank you for giving in support of these ministries. And now, receive a blessing from Kate Bowler from her book, The Lives We Actually Have. This is a blessing called For This Ordinary Day. Lord, here I am. How strange it is that some days feel like hurricanes and others like glassy seas and others like nothing much at all. Today is a cosmic shrug. My day planner says rather conveniently that I will not need you cry out for you, reach for you. Ordinarily, I might not think of you at all. Except, if you don't mind, let me notice you. Show up in all the small necessities and everyday graces. God, be bread. Be water. Be laundry. Be the coffee cup in my hands and the reason to calm down in traffic. Be the gentler tone in my insistence today that people pick up after themselves for once. Be the reason I feel loved when I catch my own reflection or feel my own self-loathing fluttering in my stomach. Calm my mind. Lift my spirit. Make this dumb, ordinary day my prayer of thanks. Amen. And peace be with you, my friends.